0: It comes quite naturally to me in that sense, but it does take quite a bit of planning. I'll be sitting there for like half the day brainstorming, how can I make this funny? You realize that you do have to put your stamp on on the content and the brief that you're given to really sell it to the audience, you know? Mm -hmm. This is like quite funny actually, because I tend to show my mum the (laughs) final product. (laughs) I show it to my mum, and if she laughs at it, I'll be like, all right, you know what? This is good enough to go out to the rest of the nation, so. Yeah, I guess guess the sillier the better on TikTok, or the more relatable. The better you know.
1: How did you end up being in the show? <laughs> How was life before Love Island and after Love Island? Yeah, yeah. Something that we have been discussing a lot here uh, with our team and also with our clients, to start creating campaigns as a form of co-creation.
0: I absolutely love the idea, honestly. <music>
1: Welcome to our third episode of Influencer Marketing Uncover, MG Empowers podcast. Today, I'm so excited and thrilled to have a very special guest that will be talking with us about the importance of being authentic when it comes to create content on social media. So he will be telling us how does he find a way to create content for brands of lifestyle and fashion that can resonate but he still has his own touch and his own authenticity in there. Alex, so happy to have you here with us today. Tell the audience who is our special guest today.
2: Hi, Myra. I'm so excited to be co-hosting the podcast today again. I'm actually recording from Bulgaria, which shows that we really are a global influencer marketing agency. I'm so excited to be joined by uh, our guest today, who's one of the leading content creators on both Instagram and TikTok in the UK. Uh, He gained popularity to being one of the contestants of the most popular reality show in the UK, uh, Love Island, and has grown his audience after leaving Love Island to become a really strong uh, and loyal following. He has worked with brands such as Deliveroo, starsplay and bumble amongst others i'm so excited to be joined by our guest uh who's an extremely fun and energetic person uh <laughs> introducing nazi thank you guys thank you so
0: much for having me i'm really excited to be getting this cast going with you guys
1: amazing i so happy to have you here with us thank you again for joining us and how are you how have you been
0: yeah i'm really good thanks i'm really good you know as good as one can be during lockdown you know still creating content still trying to put a smile on people's faces but yeah no i'm good thank you very much
1: that's good so nice today we we really wanted to talk to you and go really in depth about you know the importance of like being authentic when it comes to create Uh, content, because more and more, uh, especially us as an agency of influencer marketing, working with so many different brands from different industries and different segments, uh, the importance of being authentic, the importance of still having the briefing of a campaign, but getting the briefing and developing from that idea, your own concept. To make sure that the content will resonate in the most authentic form. Uh, so what I wanted to ask you first is like we can see that your social media content, your person has is very different from the persona that was portrayed on the reality TV. So how was that you know change comes? And, 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 and how do you feel yourself now when it comes to creating authentic content versus when you left the reality TV show?
0: That's a good question, because I think obviously after going on to reality TV, me, myself, I was a very um, private person before going on the show. I never really used to post, never made content in my life. You know, just finished university, was very into football and tried. To, that was my career path, basically. And as I said, like being propelled into the limelight and then having to create content. At first I wasn't like, I was very robotic. You know, you get a script, as you said, you get a brief and you know, you just go off what the company says and you, you read off all the bullet points and say, yeah, it does this, this, this. Very boring, very like monotone. But I think as time has gone on, you know, you, you realise that you do have to put your stamp on, on the content and the brief that you're given to really sell it to the audience, you know? And I think, brands come to you because so for example in my case brands came to me because they saw me as like a fun person they saw me as like a funny person even when i was on like the reality tv show love island you know i came across um as like the funny person so i think brands saw that and wanted were hoping that i'd make funny content or like just fun make it positive make it happy so i think since leaving the villa i've just learned to be a, a lot more myself and it was my girlfriend funnily enough that said to me, Naz, you sound like, an, yeah. you, you don't sound like yourself, you just sound like a robot when you're reading it off. You know, I'm addressing the cameras, so guys, da-da-da-da-da, da da da, 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 da. <laughs> And it just, it just wasn't like, it wasn't me, but I think, as I said, as time's gone along, you know, you kind of, it's more trial and error really, I'd say, yeah. you know, um, you see what the audience likes. And as you guys have pointed out, I have worked with some great brands such as Bumble, Stars Play, Deliveroo. So I guess I must be doing something. I'm starting to do something, right? I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, going from that, as you mentioned, you're someone that's very fun, very energetic, and that, that's authentic to you. Uh, so the question is, when creating content and conveying that fun nature of yours, does that come easy to you? Or is it something that takes like a lot of practice, preparation, and also scripting in order for you to create content in that way? I think once I'm given a brief, um, I, I really do enjoy it.
0: This, this part of content creation. I really do enjoy because, you know, you're given a brief and you try to make it your own. You try to own it. You try to put your own stamp on what they've given you. Um, so I think it comes quite naturally to me in that sense, but it does take quite a bit of planning. So as in, I'll, I'll be sitting there for like half the day brainstorming, you know, how can I make this funny? What would um, people like to see? I'll tell you what, this is. This is like quite funny, actually, because I tend to show my mum the <laughs> final product.
1: <laughs>
0: so if, if it's a video, for example, I show it to my mum and if she laughs at it, I'll be like, all right, you know what? This is good enough to go
2: out to the rest of the nation. <laughs>
0: so if, if she doesn't laugh, I know I've done something wrong. So
2: yeah. That, that's she a good is... process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was about to ask you in terms of like, do you have a creative process that you go through from like receiving the brief to... To brainstorming and then to creating, do you have kind of like a ritual of how the content creation process looks like?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm very um, what's the words Very like uh, snappy when it comes to. Well, I like to do it as soon as soon as I get a brief. I like to read it over thoroughly, make sure I know what to incorporate, then sit down, write a few notes. I've got i uh, write like a page of notes. Yeah. Um, just so I can include, like, know what to include, know what to say, and I'm I'm such a perfectionist as well. It's awful because if if I say one word, if I say um, if I say one word wrong, I'll refilm it again, refilm it again, and then as I said, I'll show it to my mom at the end, and if she laughs, then I've got the green light to post it. So yeah, definitely amazing. And how like uh, when
1: you're working uh, with brands uh like as you said like stars play deliveroo uh and, and bumble which is like all the campaigns uh that you have created fun content uh, for the three of them that resonates really well uh, with your audience but also resonate really well with the brand fit so that fun element is something that is very authentic to you right so for you you would uh, when you create fun content is because this it's, it's who you are and do you feel that this is the best way to get the authenticity out there?
0: Yeah definitely I think I've always just been very positive very seen the world through roasting the glasses always wanted to put a smile on people's face like I'm very like drama free in the sense I just want to make people laugh as long as people are happy as long as I'm happy then that's the main thing I think especially with the content you create it's not necessarily you know just what the brand wants from you is what you want to portray of yourself as well. Cause obviously if I'm posting that to my social media, or if I'm posting that for Bumble and then they're reposting it, I want people to then see it and say, Oh, you know what? Naz, he's, he's a funny guy. He's fun. He's made it, he's made it interesting. He's made it bubbly, you know, he's made it energetic. Um, So that's, that's what I love about the, um, the brands that have approached me or the ones that you've mentioned, because it's always been a very fun brief and they've been very willing to work with me, very supportive and working with me to create a fun, kind of campaign really
1: and then like in terms of instagram and tiktok because now you're very active on tiktok which is amazing <laughs> your content there it's fun it's engaging it makes us really really laugh uh, so how are you find the way of like the way you create content on instagram versus the way you're creating on tiktok and maintaining the authenticity in both because the both channels they are very different right and they have a different yeah. audience on TikTok, we're talking more about the young generation, the, the, the audience that is looking to content that, we au- that actually will make them laugh, you know, that will yeah. make them, you know, having a, a fun time of looking on social. Uh, and then as for Instagram, it's a little bit different from from TikTok and also the audience that it's, it, it's not the same. So how do you kind of, you know, when it comes to create content for both channels, what is your created process, and how to keep authenticity on both?
0: I shall tell you what. First of all, I absolutely love TikTok. I, I can't lie; it's it's awful, but I absolutely love TikTok. You know, because as you said, I feel like the audience is very engaging, very fun, and at the same time, it's very easy to go viral on TikTok. Yeah. You know, for example, I'll get X amount of views on Instagram story, but then. On TikTok, I'm, like, I'm close to a million on a couple of videos. Um, again, like it's all just like, very, it's very fun on TikTok. But I feel like on my Instagram stories, I do, it's just me in my everyday life, you know, just being fun, being silly, being, like just kind of letting people in on the real me. But I guess the pictures that you post, are ten, they tend to be a little bit more cool, a little bit more like, oh, you know, once in a while, this is what I'm up to, this is who I'm working with. Whereas TikTok is just me being a clown on a regular basis, really, so... I love, I
1: do love TikTok. Amazing. Uh, and then on, on TikTok, Nas. Um, so when you started on TikTok and how was your process of, you know, like when was the momentum that you said, okay, so TikTok is there, I need to explore this platform. So how and, 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 and when you decided to go to, to the platform and then when you realized that TikTok was a, was a platform that could give you that awareness that as you said that can get a content that go viral of 1 million views because this i think this is the beauty of tiktok right so if you create yeah. a very engaging fun and authentic content if the before you page uh saw your content and feel that is resonating and engaging with you know with with the audience on this on the platform your content goes viral so how tell me like that you know how this your tiktok journey has started because there's a lot of influencers uh, that works with us, that they are not on TikTok yet. So they are very attached to, to Instagram and they always come to us and say, okay, but wh- if I go to TikTok, which type of content I have to post? How do I create? How different I have to be from Instagram? So it would be good yeah. to hear your advice for creators that are not yet on the platform uh, and, and discuss a little bit how you started.
0: Yeah, so I was... I was advised to start TikTok, obviously after coming off the reality TV show, I was advised to start TikTok, but like a lot of people, I was, I was like, you know what, that platform isn't for me. Um, I, I don't know why, because it's so fun. So I don't know why I didn't just start straight away, but it took a bit of convincing. And I think it was because of the first lockdown, I was thinking to myself, well, there's three, well, there's three major platforms, I'd say, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And my girlfriend was doing YouTube and Instagram, And I feel like we were kind of just missing out on that TikTok element. So I was like, you know what, let me start it up. Um, Started doing a dance battle with one of the other Islanders as well. And it got really good views. And I was like, you know what, people, or like the audience on TikTok, again, they're so, they just, it's all just about having fun, you know, just relatability or especially like in my bubble, it's all just like very supportive, very fun, very silly. No one takes themselves too seriously. But again, it did take a lot of convincing for me to actually start on TikTok but as, as you said like once you get going um you do I guess for me I've been lucky in the sense that I did come from the reality tv show so you kind of have the platform on Instagram to say right follow me on TikTok you know people know me as a fun guy so they naturally want to see fun content but I guess if you're if you're just starting out I'd say find a niche you know just or just try and error you know with all, all social media is quite a lot to do with trial and error so yeah, I think that would be my main advice. You know, authenticity, find a niche, trial and error, and, you know, just just be yourself, because at the end of the day, that's why, that's why people want to follow you. You know, I think the, the annoying thing about TikTok is I will spend ages... There was one video I did a Kevin Hart impression. Took me probably about over an hour to film, and it got minimal, it got minimal views, minimal engagement. There was another video I took. I flipped the camera... It was on my girlfriend, you know, while she's doing her makeup. I flipped it back on me and it was like a trend. That's the one that's almost hit a million. It literally took me five seconds to film. Wow. It's almost hit a million. But the other one that took me over an hour to film got me absolutely nowhere. So, yeah, I guess guess the sillier the better on TikTok, or the more relatable, the better, you know, even like with my gaming content, for example, if I put headphones on and have my PS4 controller and, you know, just talk about the dramas between, you know, your girlfriend versus your PS4 and who's going to win that gets like 500,000, 800,000, 900,000 views. But like I said, like you do something that you think would be funny and it just doesn't take off.
1: And it doesn't take
2: off. Yeah. So you mentioned about uh, what your advice for creators would be. And I believe that uh, up and coming creators can learn a lot from you, from even working with brands and also how to create content and how to find like your authentic voice. So if you were to name, let's say five things that you would advice to up and coming creators to do involve not just limiting it to content creation but also working with brands what would you say
0: i would say first of all as i said you know authenticity try and find your niche you know try to find what works for you try to see what's engaging as i said like for me personally it's a lot of trial and error you know some videos take off some don't but the beauty of tiktok is if one video you know flies off off the rails, and one of it if it does really well, then you can go viral. I think posting every day as well is a very key one because I know a couple of my friends that are not influencers, you know, they haven't come from Love Island, for example. They're just literally just my mates, but they post consistently. And as I said, one video took off and now he's on like 50K followers. Mm -hmm. So again, and I think it's the beauty of it again is, you know, building an organic following if you start from scratch, you build an organic following where people want to follow you. People will naturally engage with you. I think the difference with me is, I was kind of propelled into a following where it's, it's not necessarily people follow you because they f- they enjoy your content. For example, they just follow you because they liked you on a TV show. But then from there, you have to build mm. like a persona, a niche, a brand. Whereas if you start from scratch and build it up, you know I think at, in the long term you will get better engagement. So.
2: How was that for you? Because obviously, as you mentioned, you came from Love Island. So you already had sort of a platform of followers that follow you because of how you were on the show. How did you find your voice afterwards and diversify your content to build your audience further and to branch out? I think, again, as you said,
0: um, after being on Love Island, there's only, first of all, there's 24 hours in a day and they show an hour. I of that hour, you probably get five minutes and it could be your best five minutes, could be your worst five minutes. So for me, and the worst thing is I haven't watched any of it back, so I don't actually know why people like me. <laughs> <laughs> but I just assume that it's because I'm funny. You know, people on the street tell me that I'm funny. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, I think I just like, from there, it's like, you know, just try to make funny content, just try to be myself because all I was on the show was myself. I wasn't trying to act like anyone else. So it is, it is quite interesting to see what, the my followers engage with because it could be again it could be relationship stuff that I get high engagement on it could be you know DIY I've been renovating my room recently that gets high engagement it could be gaming content
2: yep.
0: you know um, so it's, I think for me it's you know just finding little niches maybe not I haven't found like a niche like a singular thing you know I'm not just a fitness guy I'm not yeah. just uh, like a foodie for example I do sport fitness health um gaming relationship yeah. stuff diy so it is a bit of
2: all oh, your interest so you're not pigeonholing yourself you're actually yeah and around your interests. so that's why it works so well yeah exactly And i think that's why if you see the brands that i've worked with they are quite diverse
0: as you said you know stars play which is you know like a network there's bumble which is dating there's delivery i'll tell you what, i get so many food things and I'm thinking to myself, why do I get, I get so many food things, not that many fashion things, but I think I need to look a little bit cooler on Instagram. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, and Nas, um, interesting question here. So what do you see as the future of, you know, influence marketing or the future of like, you know, creators? Uh, because we have something that we have noticed, especially this year, 2020, you know, like the the climate change movement, the Black Lives Matters movement, the election in the U.S., and of course the coronavirus 19. So we, we we notice that creators are more and more trying to create content that has a voice, but also yeah. a voice that is typing into these big movements that happened this year. How do you feel that and? Have you in, been involved on this movement with creating content that you are using your voice to acknowledge all this, you know, kind of movement that happened, especially this year?
0: Yeah, I think it is very important to use your voice on social media. As I think, as you know, coming from reality TV, um, people expect you, or that there is there is some some form of expectation for you to address. Things on social media and some people are as comfortable, some people aren't as clued up about it. But if you are, so for example, if and where I am clued up about certain things that are going on, for example, the Black Lives Matter movement, I'll use my voice to try and, you know, like bring it across, you know, bring across what the message is, try to help people understand. Because I think even like coming from um obviously I'm not British, so my mum's from Guyana and my dad's from Pakistan. So, you know, just kind of letting people in like a different culture as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you follow me because you want to know about me. I'm very much. So I want to say a man of the world in the sense that, you know, I'm from London. It's very diverse here. I've traveled to so many different countries, you know, Southeast Asia, uh, Africa, uh, America, et cetera, et cetera. So I think those experiences have allowed me, or even like playing football, you know, mixing with different people, it allows you to kind of understand and appreciate different cultures and kind of, um, to those that maybe aren't as fortunate to be in like a diverse area for example such as London or maybe people that aren't as clued up about you know the culture in you know Asia or the culture here or the culture there just to give you that like just a little snippet yeah. you know just so that you can you understand absolutely you, uh, yeah basically
1: and do you think creators will more and more using their voices to you know to acknowledge this movement and you know and be part of their day to day content where you still need to be authentic to be you know true to yourself but also mixing up for example you your fun content you know where you're making people laugh laugh but at the same time using your social channels to 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 bring that knowledge and and express you know your your sentiment towards you know what, what's happening in the world. Do you think yeah. this is the future? Where creators will have to be mixing both type of content to get their, you know, their involvement and and show the audience that they are uh, creating content that is not just related to a brand content or a paid post, but also using for more like let's say a purpose, you know, meaningful uh, content. Do you do you do you like envision that that is something that will continue to, to grow or how do you see that?
0: I think. That people, I think, once you get a big enough platform, you know, where people are kind of looking up to you for any type of any type of purpose, whatever it may be, whatever you're passionate about, you know, it could be could be climate change, it could be BLM, it could be coronavirus, you know, keeping people positive. I think it is important, um, and I think people will mix it in with their content, you know, because um, as you said, in this day and age, it's, it is difficult to. Stay, like it's, it's, well, it's, I, w- I want to say it's difficult to stay quiet, but I think it's important to not stay quiet, you know, depending on what, whatever your cause may be or whatever it is that you want to portray. So,
2: yeah, I guess there will be mixing content with personal matters, really. In terms of you and the content that you like to create, what, what is the, not? I wouldn't say niches, but in terms of the brands you would like, you'd like to work with? Who are those brands and uh, what direction would you like to take in the future? I think for me, I, I
0: say I'm very open to all types of brand, all different niches because it's, I find it really interesting. As I said earlier, you know, once you get the brief and, you know, for example, if it's Bumble, I'm thinking to myself, well, it's a bit weird that Bumble are messaging me because I've got a girlfriend, but I see what they're trying to do. Do you know what I mean? I found it really interesting. I found it you know, quite fun, even filming content with my girlfriend. It was quite fun yeah. to do stuff like that. And then like doing dances for stars playing Promoting Power, which is a show that I love to watch, you know, so any, and then obviously food as well, like getting paid to eat food. So, and like fashion stuff where you can kind of, you can put your own stamp, your own image, your own style on the clothes that are given. Yeah. So I think, I wouldn't say, I can't really specify any particular field or brand that I would love to work in, but I think long-term, I want to do a bit more sport, fitness, health-related stuff because, you know, I, I was at university, got first-class honoured in sport, health and exercise sciences. I was playing football until literally like a year ago. I was basically wanted to go professional playing football. So, um, yeah, I'd love to do something to do with sport presenting or just working with, like, fitness and sport brands in general. So, yeah, that's, that's a goal of mine.
1: Amazing, nice. And then I think one question that everyone probably would be very curious to know uh how changing a little bit the subject but like how and why you joined love island and how was the experience being part of reality tv because i'm sure you got this question quite often like why did you join a reality show how did you end up being in the show and how was the experience so how was life before Love Island and after Love Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if you can tell our audience a little bit about this experience, because you know I'm sure they're all gonna love to hear.
0: It's crazy because it was almost a year ago, and I feel like this year has just flown by because uh, you know been to basically been locked up all year. But I think, honestly, the, the Love Island experience itself was the most unforgettable, amazing experience of my life. You know. It didn't, It honestly didn't feel like I was on a TV show because everyone around me was so lovely. That goes for like the ITV, you know, producers, like everyone involved backstage. Um, all the other Islanders—they were all lovely, very funny, very bubbly. Very—it was like a very like nice bunch, and I really didn't expect that because um, I don't know. I've I watched Love Island before, like a couple of episodes, and I don't know. It just seems like very alpha, very you know, trending on your toes, and I just felt like. Honestly, I didn't feel like it was for me. I didn't apply, I should say. I didn't apply to go on the show. They reached out to me. I put it off. They said, can you come in for an interview at our casting thing in London? And I put it off twice. And then the third time, I was like, eventually I just said, all right, I'll come in. Because I just thought to myself, like, they're going to see me. I'm not the typical, like, Love Island, you know. Like, if you you saw me, you wouldn't think, yeah, that guy's on Love Island. But, (laughs) um, yeah, they honestly put, like, even when I went there, they were like to me, "Oh, so why do you want to go on the show? And I said, "Well, you know, it's cold in England. It's warm in South Africa. Um, I've never been there. It's um, I've just finished university. The world's my oyster." And they were like, "Okay, so not because it could be amazing for your career, not because you could find love." I was like, "Oh yeah, that would be great as well." But <laughs> most, like most of all, okay, it's of yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> literally. But um, yeah, so when uh, they just put so much faith in me, even after that uh, initial interview, I just thought to myself, "They're gonna think." He really doesn't care about being on the show. Like, he doesn't want to be here. Um, but they put, honestly put so much faith in me. They were like, Naz, you're funny. We want you to open the show, this, that, and the other. And I was like, it was just surreal. It was just surreal. I genuinely thought, like, someone was playing a prank on me until I was actually through those villa doors. So.
1: And they found you through social media, right?
0: Yeah, they found me on Instagram, which is weird because... So when I asked them, they said to me, um, we saw you tagged in somewhere... So like, you know, when you go to like Regent Street or yeah some like that and I would just, they just clicked on the geotag and saw who was there and
1: wow. apparently they came
0: across my profile and yeah, they took it from there really. So it was, it was quite weird. It was really weird.
1: It was meant to be, right? I always was, say, yeah. 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 And how was like when you left Love Island, came back to London, how was to face uh, the reality back? You know, how was that transition of like being so exposure into reality TV? in South Africa and then come back into London and say oh my god so now everyone knows about me now everyone <laughs> knows who i am so how did you you know found about that you know this transition how was it
0: it was it was so surreal for me because prior to going on Love Island i had nine pictures nine posts on instagram i was very low key you know kept myself to myself and then after everyone's like oh is that naz is that naz even at the airport in cape town some guy was like to me, "Oh my god, are you Naz?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, you look a lot bigger on TV." And I was <laughs> like, "Wow." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's not me. It's not me." <laughs> but um, it is—it is really nice, you know. People have always got really kind things to say about me, so I'm very grateful to ITV for, you know, the whole process, the way I was portrayed, and whatnot. So, yeah, no, it is—it's is quite. So sweet.
1: They, there is no regret. So you would do again. Oh, 100%. 100% I would do it again. I
0: absolutely love my experience. So, yeah.
1: Amazing. And then it's, it's crazy because probably you have grown your account on Instagram a lot, right? From, like, yeah. Love Island. of So how was the impact on that? So when you just left the house and then you go like, oh my God, now I have, you know, thousand more followers on Instagram. And then, then you realize, okay, now I have to start creating content and continue yeah. to, to show the world who I am and how fun I am and, and being that authentic person. So that was when you realized, okay, now I build up that community. So I will follow through this career. It was more like you know, that rationale that you have when you started putting more content.
0: Yeah, I think, um, as I said, prior to going on Love Island, I had a thousand followers and I came out to like basically half a million. Oh my so, God! Yeah. So wow. for me, it was like I said, you just you just get thrown into the limelight. You know, as I said at the start, companies are coming to you saying, "Oh, can you promote this?" I'm there, being very robotic. You know, on my phone saying, "Yep, buy this product, <laughs> do this, do that." But you know, I think I think for me initially, I wasn't very keen on social media, which sounds quite weird because you know you people go on Love Island, you're expected to come up with a following, you're expected to do all this brand stuff but i think for me it was just it was genuinely just for the love island experience you know just because it was offered to me on a plate um just to see what it was like but as you said as a result of that you you have a following you have to create content or it's it's advised to create uh, content as your job and i'm very grateful for to have this platform because during this lockdown period obviously like creating content has been a source of income so yeah but as you said like it did take a while for me to get scripted.
1: in. Great. And then I Naz so another question for me would be like with more and more we wanted to work with our clients and, and our you know creators like yourself uh, when it comes to developing campaign because as I said like for us being authentic uh, to when it comes to creating content with influencers is the key for every campaign we do, because we really believe that authenticity is what resonates with each individual audience uh, when you are putting a strategy together of concept and narrative. Uh, But something that we have been discussing a lot here uh, with our team and also with our clients, that would be very uh, interesting as the evolution of influencer marketing To start creating campaigns as a form of co-creation between brands and the talent. Meaning that so the brand will come to you and say, Okay, we have this new product, or you wanted to promote this service, but we wanted to you to co-create that campaign together with us. Or we wanted you to be part of the co-creation of this new product. Tell me a little bit uh, about your view on that, on being more, instead of just being the creator, creating content for a brand, but moving to a little bit to the other side where you will create the content, but you're going to co-create with the brand the actual strategy, the actual narrative, and perhaps a new product. How do you feel about uh, that if that comes to, to, to happen, if you got an invitation saying nas, we have a new brand, a new client. They wanted to create a new product and we wanted you to join us as an agent, be part of our marketing team to help with your knowledge of being you know, authentic and being a great creator to support us on the developing of this you know, product. How do, you, how do you feel about it?
0: I absolutely love that idea, honestly, because as I said to you, once I get a brief, the first thing I do is, you know, read through it, try to make it my own as much as possible, but also not just for something that I can portray, but it's something that my followers can resonate with as well. So for example, you know, um, like cultural stuff, for example, if brands come to me and they say, oh, can you promote this? I'm like, sorry, it won't align with like my cultural beliefs or, you know, won't resonate with my followers because of this particular reason. Like, well, I guess to that extent, I'm kind of co-creating with them because I'm saying, well, I can take your idea, but I can put my, a massive spin on it to make it appropriate to my audience. So I've, literally, I've done that multiple times um, with KFC, with Deliveroo. Um, and there was another one. So aside from that cultural beliefs, um, there was a company, a jewellery company, and they wanted to run up a campaign. I said, listen, um, I know that FIFA 21 is coming out in like the next couple of days. And they wanted to do a giveaway. So I said, don't worry about doing a jewellery giveaway. Uh, jewelry giveaway, Do a FIFA 21 giveaway and it will, honestly, it will pop off. It will be amazing for you. because like, obviously they want followers. Yeah. We, we need engagement and whatnot. And they literally got close to 7,000, like, comments. So, like, the campaign done really well. And they were like, we're so grateful for, you know, your input, your idea. We're always willing to bounce ideas. And I think that's something that I love, you know, having a, create, like a basically having a voice when it comes to, creating content as well because sometimes i know if i get the brief i know it's a bit like it's a bit plain it's a bit bland or there's something missing that i can offer which is why i'm always like oh should i do this should i do this can i do this can i do this and i think this is why MG and power has been amazing because every time you know for every campaign i've said to them can i do this or like would it be appropriate to do this or i think i can't do that because it won't resonate with my followers but can I do this? And you guys have always been like, yes, like we love that idea. So, yeah, I, I love it's, the idea of co creation.
1: Great. Yeah, this is the power of authenticity, right? That we've been discussing. Yeah. I think as much as brands allow creators to be authentic, even if there's a briefing, or allowing creators to co-create a campaign I think we feel that this is the you know like the, the future of what we're gonna be seeing uh, on influencer marketing. Alex not sure if you have any other question for nas because we can be speaking here for hours NAS, <laughs> because we always love to be this is a great you know we love to discuss with creators we just love to discuss about industry so I'm just asking Alex if there's any other questions for us to uh, wrap up our conversation.
2: No, I think we covered everything. I think it was an amazing conversation and it would add <laughs> value uh, to our audience. Thank you so much.
1: Nah, no worries. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure to have you here and I'm sure our audience will enjoy uh, this conversation. And once again, always a pleasure to work with you here at Imagine Power. We love working with you. Our clients, Deliveroo, Bumble, starts Place, they all loved working with you too. And then we have big plans for 2021 and uh, we look forward to continue, you know, seeing your amazing and fun content and working together. Very much grateful for you to, to be here with us today.
0: Thank you so much, guys. It was my pleasure. And as you guys said, I'm looking, so looking forward to working with you guys again. As I said, you guys are amazing. You guys are so cooperative, so supportive. So, yeah, I can't wait to work with you guys again in 2021.
1: Thank, Thank you, you so Take much, Nas. Take care.
0: Thank Thank you you. so much.
1: Thank you to everyone that has joined us today on our third episode of Influencer Marketing Uncover. Thank you so much. Hope you have enjoyed.